Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised to hear your take on it because... Um, I, I really enjoyed it. So uh, before we started recording, we were talking about it. And you said that you feel that Chris Rock is a house nigga, is how you put it. And I'm curious as to why you feel that way. Um, I mean, for the record, because I think we talked about the slap incident last year when it happened. And I was, I'm we still did. on the side of, you know, hitting somebody because they bruised your insecure ego is um not right um regardless of how we think like people should you know you gotta let them know or people shouldn't just be able to say whatever they want to say i mean at the end of the day you shouldn't ever put your hands on somebody i don't care um and i've and i've been you know obviously not well i mean i've been somebody who's broken that too but just as a society we shouldn't oh we I, i know that we shouldn't um as a society, I argue this all the time. As an individual, it's understandable. As a society, we have to be better than that. Um, but regardless, yeah, I, I just, I've always, like, not really been a fan of Chris Rock like that. Like, I always just thought he was kind of corny. It's funny because people call Will Smith corny, and I actually thought Chris Rock was just actually pretty fucking corny. Like, I always thought his comedy just it just not really for me like he's he's had like tambourine when he i think he did tambourine i thought i found that pretty funny um that's that's that is so funny that is my least favorite chris rock project stand-up of his i've ever seen actually um in its entirety okay now that makes sense so you've never seen bigger and blacker or these over the years but like i've just i've never just anytime i see him i just always think it's crazy. Yeah. I, he's not just, for you. But I, whatever. I mean, but I'd like like if I see him in a movie or something. I think he he's. I think I like him better at that. But I'm House just curious. Statement. I just. Uh, I yeah. Just, I mean, it's partly due to like I said, his corniness as a comedian, but also just my solidification of that was seeing him in this um, snippet with him, Louis C.K., Jerry Seinfeld, and Ricky Gervais, and like. Louis C.K. and uh, Ricky Gervais were just casually dropping the N word, like in this conversation. And I was just like, that shit that is cringe. That was a while ago. It wasn't great, but for one, the context of it did matter. And and from then and from now now because that was a while ago because of the discourse they've had about it, both Ricky Gervais and Louis C.K. don't use that That's anymore what? publicly. I'm not like even mad. I'm not mad at that. That is though. a really. Like, I'm not. Mm. I'm just saying that was a real attempt to have a conversation. It wasn't um, to me because I know the thing you're talking about because I've watched that um, in its entirety. I remember because uh, I think it was called Funny People or Funny Talk or something like that. And. I do understand why it gives cringe, but it didn't make me dislike Chris Rock. Generally, because I think because 
he and I like come from the same age. His take on stuff is very similar to mine. So, um, and also because I did enjoy watching him get his shit off about, you know, getting smacked in front of the whole world. Like, I think, uh, I mean, it was harsh, but at the same time, like, I think he did deserve, if you're the victim of something, you get to talk about it. I'm not upset with him talking about it. I thought, and seeing the little bit that he did, I thought it was funny. Like, I laughed when I saw it. Like, I'm not... Uh, anti Chris Rock I'm not anti Will Smith I just you know what was wild he made me kind of like Jada Pinkett less I usually kind of defended her I mean I don't know all them is I'm actually over the entire situation like I said I don't just me personally like I don't dislike him though I I don't want to put that out there I just feel like that was the the thing I seen was some corny shit. Like that was some, I'm, and I've been in situations where white people use the n word, or somebody was trying to egg a white person to use the n word. I'm never down for that. Like, and I vividly remember like a situation when I was in high school. We was on the sidelines of a football game, and you know, this black these kids that were a little like younger than me, but maybe a grade or so younger than me, and. Like this black kid was trying to get these white boys to say the n-word like just say it just say it just say it and like i just had a moment where i was like bro don't have them say it like dr martin luther king malcolm x they didn't die so these motherfuckers can say nigga because that shit's funny like right. i mean but i get but children. i'm just saying like i always i'm i'm just giving that as an example to be like if i thought like that at 15 yeah then like it's 30 i'm just not letting that shit get off like you know so I just, I don't know, like, and so the context of the video you was just talking about, yeah, like, I understood the context, like, and I'm not even one of those people who feels like, I give comedians a lot more free range than I think a lot of people do in this day and age, but just for me, there's never really a situation where, like, it's really okay, maybe in acting, like, because that supports the story, and even that, to me, like the story has to actually be wrapped around it in some way. Like for instance, I have a disdain for when Quentin Tarantino uses it in most of his movies. Like, cause he'll say, he'll have it in scenes where like that character didn't even need to say that shit. Like, so. I And it's funny you brought that up. Cause when you were saying that, I was thinking like, okay, well it made in sense Django, in Django. But that's a slave movie. Because but he's also done it in uh Pulp yeah. Fiction. The scene where, um, uh, Samuel Jackson uh, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen this film but Samuel Jackson and John Travolta <laughs> no. uh, end up accidentally killing somebody and they have to go to Quentin Tarantino's house because he's a character in this film as well and like Tarantino just starts saying like well do you have a dead nigger in your car like that, that doesn't that's unnecessary like they'll okay, both, the, that's yeah, what I'm saying that white w- people be getting that shit off in moments where yeah. I feel like it's unnecessary in a slave movie yes in a civil okay. rights movie yes in something like that I get the context even kinda I guess what they were talking about with the Chris Rock thing I didn't watch the entire thing again I only saw a snippet of it but from what I saw I was just like there's no reason for them to say this shit so that's okay. just that's just my take, man. I'm just never down for that shit. And, like, I've joked around about it as far as, like, saying shit like, you know, I would let a white woman call me the N-word during sex. But, like, I said that jokingly. I would never 
I'm not down for okay. that shit. I'm not, T is not I'm into not race into play. That shit, <laughs> that's, I mean, and that's perfectly fair. I was more into it for the commentary about the, you know, Oscars last year. And I think it's very interesting that it dropped right before the Oscars. Um, I think when he gives the context of everything in a row, I'm like, wow. Because I didn't necessarily like this. I didn't like the slap at all. Um, it was, to me, really obvious that the only person he would have done that to is another black man. Yeah, like, and I said he that He never would have, like, smacked Ricky Gervais. Or, I said that last huh? year. Like, that was, like, what Will Smith did was corny as fuck. Like, that is also corny. Like, and kudos to Chris Rock for addressing that. Like, because he know, like, I'm not going to fight this dude. So I mean, right? I like how he said, like, yeah, Will Smith is significantly like that, larger that was, than I am, and I like Will Smith, but that was a bitch ass nigga moment. Like, it happens. Yeah, it does happen. I didn't think about how <laughs> when they laid it all out in a row, because generally I was like, you know, everyone's you hating on that, Jada. Though. Men you cheat on men cheat on their wives men cheat on their wives all the time and you know they don't get hated on that hard but like yeah it was super messed up that that was her son's friend but see, you always <laughs> i feel like you gross. always do that you always what do try I to always defend the do? woman or like try to be like oh well it's well, not it's because it's not as sexism. bad as you seem but like not, she on I some mean, bullshit I don't, too. Like, I mean, I'm I sorry if I've done that. Like they were, I mean, both of them. But ultimately, Will's the one who did it, um, on stage in front of everybody. And like I said, it was, um, I didn't love it. But anyway, I'm glad he was able to dress also, it. I'm glad again, he was able to get his shit back to off. Chris Rock. It was corny, the little joke he made about, like, I watched Emancipation to get see Will Smith get whipped. Like, that shit's corny. Yeah. That's fucking corny. That's that fucking corny. That wasn't a great joke. He also made a Michael Jackson joke, That's and I don't like fucking, the Michael Jackson like, shit jokes. Like that. Anytime you use race to bring another black man down or another black person down, woman, whatever, like, and it puts us against each other, that shit's fucking corny. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love it. But he did have a good point about concussion not being a very good movie. I disagree with that. Wow. I think it had a good message, but it wasn't exactly a good I film. have not seen that film since it came out, so I can agree with you there. <coughs> but I mean your reasoning for that is because the actual person who was the doctor is a a dark-skinned black man, correct? And Will Smith is a light-skinned black. African well, African man. man. Okay. A, and I have some. Yeah. See, and, and I'm, glad, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Go, go, go. Tell you me that about up, myself. I'm, tell tired, me about I'm, myself. I'm, I'm just coming with you right. today because I'm getting fucking tired of that right, narrative right. as well, where we pit light-skinned and black and dark-skinned black people against each other. And then hold on, because I'm gonna I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my shit off real quick because when the and I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this being done. But I'm using this as an example. When the movie with Zoe Saldana came out, um, actually, that's not a good example because she was wearing blackface. But there are other instances where, like, there will be movies where maybe the character in real life is a dark-skinned black person. And we and they try to make them a light-skinned black person to, like, 
you know, appeal more to audiences, whatever, like that. That's some race shit. And I'm not necessarily okay with that. But there is a reverse of that where it happens and people don't ever say shit. And I just saw that earlier today because there's a movie about George Foreman coming out and they got the blackest nigga playing him ever. And George Foreman is probably as light as me. So, like, but nobody bats an eye to that shit. So, it just, to me, it becomes, and we can argue about. There, There's anecdotal and there's argue. systematic. We so like about the. Yeah, one's, one's more can, harmful. Like, one's anecdotal and one's sense. And for me, with the Will Smith thing, it's because Africans and black, like, Americans, like African, we are calling African Americans, but are, yeah, we're not interchangeable. We are different. Like, so to it's, but that's based on a true story. Demographic is a different different complexions of each demographic. Yes, exactly. So even if they had gotten a lighter African, like Kenyan man, like that would have been more acceptable than just completely, you know. No, I disagree. I'm because go there back are to what you British were saying actors about, who do American accents all well, the time. Well, no, I, and even that is. I want to go back to something before we branch off. I want to go back to what you're saying about where we interchange a dark skinned person for a light one and a light one for a dark one or whatever. On the whole, that is not historically has been what has happened like once or twice, maybe. But on the whole, what we've seen in Hollywood is what we're calling white people play black or native people. And then is what they're doing now is saying, okay, well, these like lighter people, that's Africa. And it's like, no, it's not. Like this is a hybrid of Africa and Europe. And visually what we look like tells a story. Like whether we like it or not, that's why we are intrigued a lot of times by people we consider interracial because we can't automatically peg them. It's the same thing when you have like androgyny, like it's visually interesting. But no, there's not going to be an outcry. Yeah, There's not going to be an outcry. Like no one's going to cry any light skin tears because... Like the because like we said, we can be more evil and enforce anti-blackness among ourselves sometimes better than white people can. So I'm never gonna take up the mantle oh, of thing. oh all the darkies are getting Chris the Rock's jobs thing now. Too. He brought up the Meghan Markle thing and she's talking about racism. He was like, "That's not racist," and his explanation. And I was like, "No, nigga, that's definitely still racism." No, he said not all of but it. But the racism. specific he, clip he, again, he, I haven't he, seen we, the full thing. The specific clip that I exactly. saw, the the no, the and even no, he, I've watched it several he, times. Right. He just said not all of that shit. Some of it, he didn't say all of it. He said some of that shit was just in law. Okay, shit. but the example he gave, where he said black people, even we want to know how dark the baby gonna be. That's fucking racism. I don't care what anybody says. That's still right. racism. That's it's still ingrained racism, even yes. amongst black people. So the example he gave is not a good yeah. fucking example. Okay. Like it's, 
You're, I mean, you're right. Okay, it's I'm just, just I'm doubling just, down on why I feel like he's right. corny. As like fuck. we got it. He's like corny. I said, he's corny. <laughs> right, we got those ideas from white people who enslaved us. You're right. <laughs> Where we give more value to lighter, you know, children than we do darker ones. Like the neglect and complete erasure of dark skinned people in media all over the world to me is more important than miscastings once or twice in Hollywood. On the whole, what we see is lighter skin being preferable to darker okay. skin. And, no and matter how you package it. That that's okay. I'm just saying that I would prefer a world where the the best actor for that demographic gets the role. Like obviously I don't want white people doing blackface or Native American face or whatever and vice versa. But I do want the discussion to eventually not have to have to be had. Because as somebody who's an and for actor Americans- and does stuff like that, it's like don't not cast me just because I'm too fucking light. If I'm good, give me the fucking role and vice for anybody else who's dark. Well, but it does, but it does matter. Like, let's say if you were playing like a Sudanese refugee, you wouldn't be right for the part. Do I look like, Like, do I other than those? Okay. But then that's different. That's different. If I don't look like that demographic, (laughs) then I'm not tripping. Right. But here's the thing for American people, a lot of people can play us because we're such a combination of so many things. So that's why you might be able to have a British actor come in and be able to play an American because we do have Americans who look like British people, like black British. And there's people. a whole like, other subplot to that being bullshit, too, but we don't necessarily need. It's it actually really kind of is because, because black, they're taking roles. Wait, away can I from finish? Wait, American actors. No, that's just no, they're not because that's the only in the mindset of we can only have a certain amount of black people in a movie. <laughs> like it's not they're not taking anything off the table. Like that's just that is actually a white supremacist narrative that they've fed. They've like trickled down to us. That's that's bullshit. It's trying to keep black people from having jobs. That's what it comes down to, because it doesn't matter if it's a British black person, Jamaican black person. I want to see black people working. So I do want to see black people. But my whole thing is. Because what we're calling like the American Negro or black people, African-Americans, because we are such a combination of Africa, of Europe, sometimes a lot of times Asia, like basically we're sort of the mongrels of the world. Like we can look like anything I've had. It's so weird to me, but like in my life, I've had people ask me like, what am I? And I'm like, what do you mean? What am I? I'm freaking black. I feel black. But to a lot of people around the world, But for people around the world, I don't necessarily clack as black. Now, for American black people, they're used to black people looking like me. But from people around the world, I'm not what they clock as a black person. Like sometimes I might clock as like Eastern, like Indian people. A lot of times they'll look at me and be like, well, you look kind of like Ethiopians. Sometimes the Ethiopians say I look Ethiopian. Like it's it, and because we don't know for sure because of the mongrelization process, black people like that are from the state we're from, like we can look like anything. Like sometimes I'll look at American black people and be like, oh wow like because I draw faces all the time I'm like I can kind of tell just by looking at your face like 
where you might be from. But that so that's just to say, like when you there are after. But as like I said, like if you were if they were casting Sudanese, a Sudanese immigrant, Sudanese people, Somali people, because they're such an ancient people and have been there for such a long time, there's a look and they pride themselves in that. Like, that's why Ethiopians, they are like, they don't let anybody just call themselves Ethiopian. Like they don't even, if you're like half Ethiopian, half Kenyan, they're like, you're not Ethiopian. It's kind of like how Japanese people do that. So it's, it's a long way of saying because of the history of how we became what we are now, we kind of can look like a lot of different nationalities, and but we definitely don't look like pure blood Africans. Okay. I don't have anything. I mean, I said what I said. <laughs> like, I think that, again, as a Americanized African, if you will, there is an element of we're gonna go hire British black actors to play these roles because they're cheaper. So like, I'm in this business. I've like that is what's happening, and I'm not saying they shouldn't get the roles, but like for that to be the motivation, or or isn't that what they say about Mexicans? I, like yeah, they're I don't, coming I don't, in and taking our jobs. So you're literally they took no, our I jobs. just I just want people to get the opportunities that afforded to them and i'm not saying again i'm not saying black british actors shouldn't get those opportunities too but like if that's your motivation because this person is, if that's your only motivation is because this person is cheaper or because they're considered a better actor because they're british i think that's bullshit i think that's fucking bullshit I mean, I gotta say, I, um, cause I remember hearing he I think maybe Samuel yeah. Jackson making that argument, and I, I found it to be pretty weak. I mean, um, it, it just sounds like pitting black people against each other, which I'm is not, what the I'm white not, man loves. I'm not so I try to avoid I just, that. I, you kind of just said, like, it's I think bullshit it, that they I get hired because they're cheaper and. The, they're seen as more prestigious. Yeah, if that's your only, if that's, if that's your that's only what I heard, I think that's kind of bullshit. Like you're overlooking a whole demographic, or whole because is that's what's really going on though? Because from what I understand, like getting British actors is more of a hassle because you have to get visas. Like it doesn't necessarily always translate into being okay. cheaper. And I'm willing to be wrong, but that's kind of the perception, especially. Yeah, because to me, it just it, it sounds a little bit like xenophobia, like these foreigners are coming in and okay. taking all our jobs. Like I also said, um, it's fine. We can move on. Okay, moving on. How about the Bible? What's been going on there? Um, well, last time we talked about making more deals, and um, that was essentially it. A lot of land got split up. A lot of land got split up. Splits up. Yeah, they're 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 taking over, man. Um oh, oh boy. I I was kind of struck this week. I wanna like make it really, really clear that for people who still identify as Christian and believer, like we don't hate you. <laughs> 
Like this is just a critical reading of the Bible because we think it might be harmful. I know that like to me, a lot of Christian organizations like really try to focus on doing good and helping communities. So I never want to like look down on that work. I'm more kind of looking in the direction of prosperity gospel, like God, you know, wants you to get rich kind of quick scheme people. So for people who are in community churches and really get a lot of love and support there, this isn't directed. No, it is. But I also. Oh, let's let's. I mean, mean, it is though, like because the foundation like that's like the statement where people be like, well, he's a good cop. But no, you can't like the job is not good. So there's no real thing as a good cop. So like to say. The the whatever you just said, like oh, this is not aimed at the people who are in community churches. Like, yeah, I recognize that the people's intention may be good, but the foundation in which they are saying that they are building this upon is not good. So, no, that, that it cannot coexist. God damn it! Now I have to agree with you. I've been disagreeing with you this whole podcast, and then you make a point. And then what am I but, supposed but I to feel do? Like just that's ignore been, it? I feel like you just took the argument that I tried to make for months now. And like what I just said is what you have always felt. I Okay, let me say it this way. I don't want them to feel personally attacked. Well, yeah. Like, yes, the foundation of this is bad. But I do know that like really, really good people believe in this still. And so... I, I want to appeal to the goodness in people to see why this is bad. Well, yeah, that, I mean, I have said that also. I think the people. Probably better than me. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just going to, I'm sorry for everything. Let me just read Joshua 22. The Eastern tribes return to their territory. Then Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh and said to them, You have observed all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed me in all that I have commanded you. And I have not forsaken your kindred these many days down to this day, but have been careful to keep the charge of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your kindred as he promised them. Therefore, turn and go to your tents in the land where your possessions lies where your possession lies, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Take good care to observe the commandment and instruction that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments and to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away and they went to their tents. Now to the one half tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given a possession in Bashan, but to the other half, Joshua has given a possession besides their fellow Israelites in the land west of Jordan. And when Joshua sent them away to their tents and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your tents with much wealth and with much livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and with a great quantity of clothing. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your kindred. So the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned home, parting from the Israelites at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead, with their own land of which they had taken possession by the command of the Lord through Moses. 
when they came to the region of the Jordan that lies in the lane of Canaan, the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by the Jordan, an altar of great size. The Israelites heard that the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh had built an altar at the frontier of the land of Canaan in the region near the Jordan on the side that belongs to the Israelites. And when the people of Israel heard it, the whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh to make war against them. Then the Israelites sent the priest Phinehas, son of Elzar, to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead, and with him ten chiefs, one from each of the tribal families of Israel, every one of them the head of a family among the clans of Israel. They came to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead, and said to them, Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, What is this treachery that you have committed against the God of Israel in turning away from the from following the Lord by building yourself an altar today in rebellion against the Lord. Have we not had enough of the sin of Pekor from which even yet we have not cleansed ourselves and for which a plague came upon the congregation of the Lord that you must turn away today from following the Lord. If you rebel against the Lord today, he will be angry with the whole congregation of Israel tomorrow. But now, if your land is unclean, cross over into the Lord's land where the Lord's tabernacle now stands and take yourselves a possession among you. Only do not rebel against the Lord or rebel against us by building yourself an altar other than the altar, the Lord our God. And did not Achan, son of Zerah, break faith in the matter of devoted things and wrath fell upon the congregation of Israel and he and he did not perish alone for his iniquity. Then the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh said in answer to the heads of the family of Israel, The Lord, God of gods, the Lord, God of gods, he knows. And let Israel itself know if it was in rebellion or in breach of faith toward the Lord. Do not spare us today for building an altar to turn away from the following of the Lord of from following the Lord. Or if we do so to offer burnt offerings or grain offerings or offerings of well-being on it, may the Lord himself take vengeance. No, we did it from fear in the time to come. Your children may say to our children, what have you to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, you Reubenites and Gadites. You have no portion in the Lord. So your children might make our children cease to worship the Lord. Therefore, we said, let us now build an altar, not for burning offering, nor for sacrifice, but to be a witness between us and you and between the generations after us that we do perform the service of the Lord in his presence with our burnt offerings and sacrifices and offerings of well-being so that your children may never say to our children in the time to come you have no portion in the Lord and we thought if this should be said to us or to our descendants in time to come we could say look this copy of the altar of the Lord which our ancestors made not for burnt offerings not for sacrifice but to be a witness between us and you Far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord and turn away this day from following the Lord by building an altar for burnt offering, grain offering, or sacrifice other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands between before his tabernacle. When the prince Phineas and the chiefs of the congregation, the heads of the family of Israel, 
who were with him heard the words that the Reubenites and the Gadites and the Massonites spoke, they were satisfied. The priest Phineas, son of Elzar, said to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the Manasites, Today we know that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against the Lord. Now you have saved the Israelites from the hand of the Lord. Then the priest Phineas, son of Elazar, and the chiefs returned from the Reubenites and the Gadites in the land of Gilead to the land of Canaan to the Israelites and brought back word to them. The report pleased the Israelites, and the Israelites blessed God and spoke no more of making war against them to destroy the land where the Reubenites and the Gadites were settled. And the Reubenites and the Gadites called the altar witness, for they said, It is a witness between us that the Lord is God. That was a lot. I feel like I was preaching. Yeah, it sounded like it. Um takeaways because I feel like it was just more of the same well it sounds like to me it was sort of a threat like you guys need to fall in line or the Lord's going to start you know wetting bodies again sounds and they built an altar and called it witness Like they built a replica altar because they're like, this altar is not going to be for doing stuff. It's just to remind us that we should be doing stuff so that like if y'all start like departing from. It's interesting. They said that the Lord is God of gods. So to me, that's always curious that they're acknowledging that there are other gods. Uh, I mean, it could be that, but it could also be that. Even if you fuckers think that you're going to create another God, this person is still um, above all of that. That's what I'm saying. Like, they still have sort of a polygam or uh, not polygamy. What is it called? Polytheistic. Yeah, they still have a polytheistic mindset. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah, it's a polytheistic mindset of like the Lord, the God of gods. Like, uh, even though now we have more of this sort of to me that was always what tipped me off though math will always lead you in the right direction the idea that there's one god but there's three of them um i mean we, as far as like the father son and holy spirit yes yeah because there's because they had to reconcile the math because there's only one god one church one god but we're talking about god right here but like i said everybody wants to conflate it with jesus but jesus hasn't showed up yet all right so i'm gonna do something real different here Um, okay well maybe i should save this for my when i read mine but i feel like it might work for yours because both your uh passages today are really long (laughs) um and so mine is actually pretty short but I'm going to do something. I'm going to take science right now and I'm going to apply it to the Bible. So I just took the passage that you read and it's very easy to get lost in what the fuck you was just talking about. So <laughs> what I did was I plugged it into chat GPT and I said, give me, oh, Lord. I said, give me, <laughs> wow, give me the main points of this text And chat GPC said, and you can tell me if this is right. Cause you read it. I, I was having some troubles here. So I was listening, but also. Um, I was trying to make sure that the recording didn't get messed up. 
Okay. And so ChatGPT said the text describes the return of the Eastern tribes, including the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, to their land, to their own land east of the Jordan after helping the Israelites conquer the promised land. Joshua blesses them and reminds them to follow the commandments of the Lord. As they pass through the land of Canaan, they build a large altar near the Jordan. When the Israelites heard of it, they gather at Shiloh to make war against them, accusing them of rebellion against the Lord. Phineas and ten chiefs of Israel go to the eastern tribes to inquire about the altar. The tribe explained that they built it as a witness between them and the Israelites to show that they also worship the Lord and prevent future conflicts. The Israelites accept their explanation and the eastern tribes return to their land. So from that, because I didn't get any of that from what you read. I kind of got that. That's fair. That's fair. But I think sometimes it's hard for us to follow along uh, myself when you're reading when it's particularly when it's the larger passages. And then even, you know, for our listeners who maybe all the repetition and boredom, it could be all that. But I think something that maybe we should explore is we'll do the actual reading of the text and then summary of the text so that, you know, we are making sure we hit in the main points. I think that's good. Too. I'm into it. Um, but yeah. So from that, oh, here's the other thing. I liked the name Phineas because I used to watch this cartoon Phineas on Disney Channel Ferb. called Phineas and Ferb, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. it. Never watched that. Um, I learned. I think I learned way more from Phineas and Ferb than I did the Bible. I never watched that, but I do know what they look like. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a really cute show i was probably a teenager by the time that came out i was an adult and uh with children so like yeah um it was just that that just reminds me of like saturday mornings and good memories was that a disney cartoon yeah 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 yep and they had a really good theme song okay shout out to uh phineas and ferb Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to the creators of South Park. I've been binging oh, and actually, that lately. Yeah, I have too. Um, I'm, it's um, it's so bizarre, but it's it's still that show still holds up. Yeah. Um. Oh, but like Phineas and Ferb, they had a um, half Jewish character Izzy, like she had a crush on um, Phineas, and. Uh, they had like a little song where she had like Izzy's got the frizzies. She's singing about her hair. It was really cute. Okay, you saying that made me think Izzy's got the frizzies made me think of Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Books. Oh yeah, once again, a much better source of information than the Bible. Also, just a fun rot, um, fun rot, fun hot redhead. Hot really? Uh. You, I think you can make older gals. I think you can make a. I think you can make a strong case that Miss Frizzle was hot. Okay, I mean intelligence is attractive. So are redheads, but that's neither here nor there. Shout out to the redheads. Yeah, I get. I feel like people. I remember like way way back in the day when I was doing online dating, and it was like cool to be racist, and people would put on their thing. Like, oh, that's still a thing. Yeah, oh, well, true. And like, you know, people would say like they didn't want to date black girls, but a lot of times too, they'd say gingers. But no like redheads? Of, yeah, like there'd really? be a lot of anti-ginger discrimination on the dating sites. So I was like, that's not cool. That's like, when it comes to non-black girls for me, 
You like a ginger? I like a brunette first, but then a ginger is my second. Hey. But I don't know. It it also just depends. It also just depends. Because then if we're talking to like like a Jessica Chastain, um, Mm -hmm. very hot ginger, she has those strong cheekbones, like those nice cheekbones. And she has a manner about her as well. Very, yeah, very... um, I don't know what to call it. You know, it. they used to always say, like, redheads, they used to say they were just naturally witches. Yeah, I don't believe in that. They just can just bewitch and stuff like that. But, yeah. yeah. And once again, beauty comes in all colors of the rainbow. No, for sure. I mean, but this was, uh, this is the word diatribe began because, I mean, you said shout out whoever frizzy the izzy or whatever the hell that was and izzy's got the frizzies okay and, let's and then that made me think of miss frizzle miss frizzle's off. a redhead so yeah but anyway joshua 23 also i mean for people who are not from the states who probably might not know what the fuck we're talking about um miss frizzle is from the magic school bus that's a show that used to come on in the 1990s um and then phineas and ferb was a disney show which came on and probably is on rerun now on Disney. I mean, you could probably watch it on Disney Plus for sure. I feel like they had like some movies too, and they did like a Star Wars one. It was great. Oh, that's cool. But anyway, Joshua twenty three. Um, okay, Joshua exhorts the people. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies all around, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, their elders and heads, their judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes, those nations that remain, along with all the nations that I have already cut off from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very steadfast to observe and do all that is written in the book to the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right nor to the left. So that you may not be mixed with these nations left here among you or make mention of the names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow yourselves down to them. But hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day for the Lord has given out for the Lord has driven out before your before you great and strong nation is. And as for you, no one has been able to withstand you to this day. One of you puts to flight a thousand since it is the Lord your God who fights for you as he promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and join the survivors of of these nations left here among you and intermarry with them so that you marry their woman and they yours, know assuredly that the Lord your God will not continue to drive out the nations before you. But they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a scourge for your side and your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land that the Lord your God has given you and now I'm about to go the way of all the earth and you know in your hearts and souls all of you that not one thing has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you all have come to pass for you not one of them has failed but just as the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you so the lord 
will bring upon you all the bad things until he has destroyed you from this good land that the Lord your God has given. If you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he in, enjoined on you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from the Lord, from the good land that has he has given to you. You know what I got from that? <laughs> what? I got that the Lord does not like interracial marriage and he's not going to fight on your side anymore if you do it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I picked up. That's one of the main things I got from this. And um, yeah, I think that's why a lot of times a lot of the xenophobia we see in um a lot of the very hyper-religious fundamentalist Christians, like I think a lot of times about the sort of Christian sects that live out um, kind of isolated, kind of like the Amish and the Quakers and people who live on compounds. A lot of times they did that stuff so that they could kind of keep themselves separated so there wouldn't be intermarriage. Well, according to ChatGPT, that I oh just type, that I just input that text in and told me I'm to, loving this by the way told me to translate <laughs> the main points of this text um mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. one of the points another point though that gets made in this is that um one of the reasons that God quote unquote would not want intermarriage marriage is because when they enter or not intermarriage intermarrying when they intermarry with other um sex or whatever like that um those other sects have other gods and therefore because they have other gods that now becomes a threat to the one God that we should be serving. Um, so I found that interesting actually. It's coming off as kind of insecure. Ooh, Shout out Issa Rae, by the way. Yeah. I don't see why that would um, matter if there's only the one God, like, well, I don't know. We, we talk about this a lot too, because I think, a lot of the problems when I hear about because I listen to a lot of podcasts I mean whenever you hear about people complaining about relationships whether with their parents or with their spouse or partner kids I think a lot of it is because we've been told all of our lives that God is love but Mm. this God in the Bible is not just is not demonstrating love it's control and I think and so people get mad when they can't control people and they're trying to say that's love, but that's not love, though. Am I preaching? Am I still preaching? Yeah. You know, I have had this talk continuously and I think there is a. I have a hypothesis, not even real a hypothesis, whatever falls under hypothesis, but I have a thought that I feel like there is definitely a connection between the insecurity of the love that we are taught with the within the Bible and the insecurity that happens within dating, particularly as I've brought up so many times on this podcast, um, as it pertains to monogamy versus polyamory, um, in in typically in my experience in monogamous relationships, there is this almost. <sighs> parole officer vibe. like just this person who feels that you should meet all of their needs and you should love them and you should give everything to them and you should not 
need to seek anything outside of them. It's almost, I mean, it, and I mean, we've also likened it to this before, but like pimp shit. I mean, it's really just that. Um, so, and also interesting enough, ChatGPT goes on to say that Joshua reminds the people that they have been successful because of their faithfulness to God and warns that if they turn away from God, they will be destroyed. So it's essentially somebody telling you, hey, look at all this stuff I did for you. I bought you this. I got you that. You're rich because of me. And if you if you start looking elsewhere, well, you might not if you be make rich. daddy mad, you might not be rich no more. So um, see what Terrence Howard did on uh, what was it? Hustle and flow. Throw a bitch out. That's a great and your baby. It's a great scene. So cold hearted. Or no, there was no. She didn't have it. No, oh, she, she did, did have, have a baby. He put her baby in Damn. there. Damn. It was cold. Some cold ass shit. Cold blood. She was fucking up, man. She was getting too mouthy. Here's the thing. <laughs> she was the only earner. <laughs> she was, but can't have that. I mean, I mean, we we're this is a prime example. She that mentality of standing up for yourself, then you gonna give other people the confidence to stand up for they. So I can't have that. Right, you gotta. Yeah, pimp can't have that. Gotta nip that so in the bud. yeah, that's um that's what I got from that. So still not Christian yet, but we've got one more chapter today, uh, and it's the end of Joshua. It is the end of the Joshua. Woo! Mm. Here we go, Joshua twenty four. The tribes renew the... Oh, okay. This is what I was complaining about last time. Like, we're renewing the covenant again. Like, yeah, why You always it... get it, too. I feel like you always get it. It's just another vow renewal. It's like, okay, we cheated on each other. Yeah. Let's renew our vows. But like I said, you got to update the standard. That's important. Okay. In relationships. You got to update... You always got to update the standard. We have to Do update this... We have to update this friendship constantly. And, like... You know, so I just feel like in every relationship in your life, you have to continue to update the standard. Okay. Do I remember <laughs> what? I, I'm i not even going to get into this because this is already a long episode. I'm just going to read the thing. The tribes renewed the covenant. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes to Israel to Shechem. And some of the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons, Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac, and Isaac gave... And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave Esau to the hill country of Sarah to possess, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in its midst, and afterwards I brought you out. Then I brought your ancestors out of Egypt. You came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your ancestors with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. When they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them and your eyes saw what I did in Egypt afterwards you lived in the wilderness for a long time then I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived on the other side of the Jordan they fought with you and I handed them over to you and you took possession of their land and I destroyed them before you then King Balak son of Zippor of Moab set out to fight against Israel he sent and invited Balaam son of Beor to curse you but I would not listen to Balaam 
therefore he blessed you and so i rescued you out of his hand when you went over to the jordan and came to jericho the citizens of jericho fought against you and also the amorites the Perizzites, the canaanites and the hittites and the gurishites and the hivites and the jebusites and i handed them over to you i sent the hornet ahead of you which drove out before you the two kings of the Amorites it was not by your sword or by your bow I gave you a land on which you have not labored and towns you have not built and you live in them you eat the fruit of the vineyards and the olive yards that you did not plant now therefore revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness put away the gods that your ancestors <clears throat> Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the region beyond the river of the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery? And who did those great signs in our sights? He protected us along all the way that we went and among all the peoples whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples and the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him and they said we are witnesses he said then put away your foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to the lord god of israel the people said to joshua the lord our god we will serve and him we will obey so joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statues and ordinance for them at shechem joshua wrote these words in a book of the law of god and he took a large stone and set it upon there under the oak in the sanctuary of the Lord Joshua said to all the people see this stone shall be a witness against us for it has heard all the words of the Lord that has spoken to us therefore it shall be a witness against you if you deal falsely with your God so Joshua sent the people away to their inheritances after all these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. They buried him in his own inheritance in Timnath Sirah, which is in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. Lord, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. The bones of Joseph, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried in Shechem in the portion of the ground that Jacob had brought from the children of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for 100 pieces of money. It became an inheritance of the descendants of Joseph. Eleazar, son of Aaron, died, and they buried him in Gibbeth in the town of his son Phinehas, which had been given to him in the hill country of Ephraim. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So. Oh, my mouth hurts. What I gather from that is essentially it's just a continuation of the last chapter um, in some points, mostly because 
Um, Joshua essentially is just still talking that talk, letting everybody know all the great uh, good deeds that God has done for them. Um, in addition to that, he and then he's urging the people to essentially revere and serve God in sincerity and faithfulness and to put away their gods of their ancestors and the Amorites. Because, again, you can only have one. The God is basically Highlander when you think about it. Well, pretty much. Can and only he's be jealous, one. so you don't want to get smacked around and he gets all jealous. They also, he also did a full summary pretty much of the Bible so far. Um, I mean, since uh, Isaac and Abraham and them. What do you mean? He did a full summary. Like at the beginning. Were you oh, listening? Just, just like as far as what Josh was just reminding yeah, everybody yeah, like, you, look, this you, is how this shit started. Guy, Well, he started, yeah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, all of them. Egypt, boom, boom, boom. Don't forget about that. Hey, y'all didn't even have to plan any of this yes. stuff. I just showed y'all where it was. You killed the people. You do what I say. Everything will be cool. And this, this, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm trampling. Were you, um, well, I was just gonna say. I mean, partly. I mean, even with all that, it worked because the people essentially ended up affirming their commitment to serve the Lord, and so, I mean, it kind of worked. It keeps the. And I mean, today is even more so proof of that. It's continuing to work. So sad. <laughs> because it, it what it reminds me of because we're I mean I feel like I'm constantly accused of taking stuff in the Bible out of context like when there's something really messed up Same. but I feel like this is like I don't know about you I've my whole life heard for as for me and my house we were served the Lord but like mm. before that there's a whole thing about how the Lord just helped you kill a bunch of people and take over a land that you didn't help build to me, that's kind of, you know, not cool. I would equally argue this. It's kind of, it's kind of fucked up, actually. Um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, I mean, but as you've brought up before, that's kind of the basis of how we got America. In fact, that's probably what empowered people to think that they could come over to the United States and take this land from the Native Americans, and then when now confronted with the reality of that and i think you brought up maybe on this podcast if not on here then maybe in a just on one-on-one with me but when you went to something and one of the ladies white ladies was like well what are we supposed to do just just give up all the land or give it back and it's like yeah actually yeah that would that would be a nice gesture let's start there (laughs) and she's like what supposed to it's once again I, I i've never been in the position of having to give up a narrative where i'm master of the universe so i imagine it is probably difficult yeah you are because i hear that bullshit from women all the time about women are this and that and we are uh you would you can't hat or just all the shit all the shit that bill burr talks about i hear that all the time from women and i'm just like okay we get it you're amazing but we're not running anything like mm, my whole thing is i would make like, a i would make a strong 
Yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. I haven't been told that I run shit. I told I've been told my whole life that I need to for one just be happy that we let you hang out and no, you should be happy to be working your whole life for this system. Maybe you, but I don't hear and I'm I'm partially joking here people for for those who may think I'm being serious about my Who have you heard of this Murdaw person? I saw that pop up. I didn't know what the hell that was about. I didn't either. So many, I've been hearing so many people talk about this like the past week because I guess he just got sentenced. But like the, I'm, I'm going to have to watch the Netflix thing so I know what's going on. It's pretty messed up. It looked like he killed his uh, wife and son. But like usually when you see that kind of shit, like they're kind of younger. He's old as hell. Everybody was grown and old as hell. So it's like, but it looked like he was trying to cover up like a bunch of fuck shit he was doing. Got tired of the bitching. Maybe I don't know, but don't no. Know. In People all seriousness, are... like that is very sad, and I'm I have a a disdain for fathers who kill their children. Any parents who yeah. kill their children, actually, I think that's one you of... mean like God did to Jesus. Uh, I mean, he didn't really kill him. He just put him. He set him up. He put, I was just say he put him in a position where he it was highly up. unlikely that he was gonna live. He didn't kill him. Though. What do you mean? A highly unlikely. He's Lord of the universe. Like he didn't know what was going to happen. No, so I didn't say he didn't up. know what was going to happen. I said he put him in a position where it was highly unlikely that Jesus was going to live, but he did not kill him. That's what I'm saying. Like he set him up. Yeah, I agree. That's so messed up. Um, <laughs> It's so messed up. Those like I'm trying to think right now what it would awkward. be like if... I like, I because I have a son, and like if I just set him up, it's like <laughs> to no, be this, killed. Yeah, like that's it's like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That'd be, okay, so that'd be about as awkward time. as uh, who is it? Abraham that tries to kill his son in the. In mm-hmm. the he was like, no, God, I heard a voice in my head say I had to kill you because sins. I'm like, okay, dude, get some water, clean water. Um, so like we're gonna be starting judges next time. Whoop whoop. And um God damn judges one is long as shit. Of course it is. And then they're gonna go over Joshua's death again. Of course, Israelite that's why they have to keep renewing the con con covenant because Israelite keeps being unfaithful. Um yeah. so uh yeah, Israelite, they're looks- just a bunch of gold digging whores. Basically, I mean, the all I did was help get you out. And this is the other thing, because the Lord keeps taking credit for everything, but it's like, he like, it wasn't your sword, it wasn't your bow. It's like, okay, well, then why do I have a sword and a bow if it wasn't because of this? Like, why aren't you just terraforming um, beautiful new fertile lands for us since you love us so much? Like, I'm tired of all these mind games, the Lord. In... Fun fact, judges will be one of the um, shortest uh, chapters that we read at coming in at 21 chapters. And then actually the books, 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 oh, it's books, the shortest books, books, books with 21 books, chapters, books, 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 books. It's late, y'all. And then I know because Kat it looks very tired right now. So we're about to wrap this up. Don't say that. But Don't then, ever say that to a woman. Oh, my God. That means you look ugly because you look tired. Oh, my God. Listen, no one is benefited by being told they look tired. I already know I'm tired. I feel it. I don't need to be told I look tired as well. But you don't look. But you're feeling tired. But you look. Let's move on. You look great. (laughs) 
but let's move on. <laughs> just because you look like get some rest, it's okay. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Oh my gosh. Anyway, just a, just another. All right. <laughs> uh, Ruth is coming uh, in book. Book of Ruth is coming in after that, and that's actually only four chapters. So, ooh. and that's of course it's a woman. She doesn't need to be. We don't want a whole lot of men, 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 men from the ladies. <laughs> that is she's from the shortest chapter so far but anyway mm-hmm. so that's next time uh bible breakdown podcast at gmail.com um your body belongs to you yeah do um get therapy it's amazing it's pretty cool and if you, you can't good. get therapy have a good community of friends and family that you can talk to watch steven universe Much better lessons about how to get along with others and family. Sure. Um, Bible break- in my in my humble opinion. Bible breakdown podcast uh, at Bible breakdown podcast on Instagram. We are up and running. Boom boom. And um, yeah, that's all. Thank you. This has been. Uh, we still came in about an hour with this episode. So look at that. We changed our platform of recording, but still got it in. Um, so thank you all for, uh, you know, jump back on the horse with us. It's been great. <laughs> trying to be more consistent yes, here. I, we are. I came ready to pod today. Um, yeah, you did. I got a new tool that helps me break this shit down. Shout out chat GPT and the AI wars. Man. Um, it's amazing. Even though it is pretty robots cool. will probably kill us in the next you know, 50 to 100 years. I mean, years. we kind of had it coming. Yeah. I mean, it's just evolution. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Uh, your body belongs to you. That that's all. Yep. All right. Peace out, y'all.